This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Come get your lubes, get your lubricants. Oh my God. We got silicon base, flavored lubes, watermelon, mint chocolate chip. What would you like? Oh my God. All of the above. We are sponsored by hashtag lube life. The best lubricants on the market. They're USDA certified organic. Oh, they come in different flavors. They have a foaming toy cleaner, which I love. They are the top rated on Amazon. We cannot recommend these lubes enough. So if you want 20% off your orders of hashtag lube life, go to lubelife.com, type in code 20 cool mom, and you'll get 20% off your entire order. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. My mother is a sex expert, cougar, and the world's oldest living millennial. And my son is a stand-up comic, a mime, and a Buddhist clown. Together, we have the pleasure of talking about sex twice a week. And why do we have that pleasure? Because, well, we fell into this thing. <laughs> we thought it'd be funny to talk about sex with a mother and son, and then it turned out to be a little more moving than we anticipated. We're making an impact on people's lives. Hopefully opening up the conversation and enhancing your pleasure and giving you a laugh. Oh, definitely the laughter part. In this episode, I learned so much, in, and I'm excited to present an episode with Bryony Cole. The future of sex.org. Okay, so Bryony Cole is the world's leading authority in sex tech, or femtech, as people like to say these days. She talks about sex robots. But she also talks about all innovation from obvious ones like VR porn to technology used to fight sexual abuse. And in this episode, we get into her, what she's most excited about with regard to technology, what she thinks is going to just be like standard practice in the future. Uh, of course, I get concerned about what is going to be forgotten, the human connection. Of course. I wasn't, we, I wasn't concerned about that. I was more concerned with Henry. Oh, you were, getting, you were not concerned either. You were getting turned on by the thought of fucking a robot over here. Henry, they're coming out with a male robot. Yeah. Named Henry. Are you getting one of those? I don't know. I mean, then we started asking her, you know, does it, is that considered cheating if you're with a male robot or a female robot? Yeah. What are the new norms that are going to be taking place? And then we got into something that I was very excited about that I inspired her to talk about, which was the different phases that sex um, has gone through in terms of the agricultural phase. Yeah, we get a little history lesson over yeah, here. Yeah, historical perspective on sex through the ages. And I thought that was really interesting. And Bryony is the perfect person to talk to because she advises governments, tech, technology, and entertainment companies 
all related to sex tech. She leads hackathons where my mother intends to invent a... Don't tell. Don't tell. You have to listen to the Patreon episode. No, it's pa- actually this ep- podcast episode. You have to listen to this podcast episode. I'm, it's a little teaser. But the main thing is that she is not just like a tech nerd. She's attractive. She's adorable. And <laughs> no, she, she's she got it all going on. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of her. She's been on Viceland and in all these major publications like... Forbes, Wired, TechCrunch, The New York Times, Playboy. She's done it all. She, and she she speaks all over the place. So I was a hu- so excited that she came on the show. And uh, she's actually got the cutest Australian accent, too. I love her to pieces. We, we decided to record a Patreon bonus episode where we take her through our rapid-fire questions and get a sexual profile on her. And it, she was not afraid to open up. She literally gave us the most original answer to... Yeah, have you walked in on a parent having sex? So you guys have to listen to the Patreon bonus episode for, to find out what that one was. How do they find that? Go to patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. Yeah. And you can give three, five dollars, however much you want. And you get all these, a free entire podcast stream where we get the best creme de la creme of our podcasts that cannot be heard anywhere else. And obviously at the different levels uh, going on from $3 on up, you get more and more bonus content and, and special surprises like handwritten notes from Cam and I. And stickers. And stickers. So you want to go into the, the larger larger donations. Patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. Also, it, we're doing a little, you guys know, we're doing the campaign that if we get 50 patrons, we will uh, take a, blueberry infused, blueberries infused with marijuana uh, edibles and together and we'll eat them on the show. And we'll do a podcast episode that you guys are going to be laughing your asses off. Yes. All right. I want to say thank you to our newest uh, reviewer on oh, iTunes. And what is it? This is from Lydia SF. Amazing. Five stars. I love this podcast. I recommend it to everyone. For work, I spend a great deal of time driving, so I listen to this in the car, and it's hilarious. It is totally engaging and interesting, and the dynamic between Cam and Karen Lee is fantastic. It's a unique chemistry that's both kind of peculiar and adorable. (laughs) I appreciate their open-mindedness and the variety of topics they cover. These two have helped me greatly. Please keep doing what you do. Lydia, man, you know what I liked about that? She shares it with a friend because a lot of people are just listening in their private little stash of, of binging that they're going through, but no one's sharing it. And if you don't share it, we can't get exposure and we need exposure in order to keep doing this. An easy way to share this with a friend is to record on Instagram, wherever you are listening to our podcast, whatever you're doing, you're working out, you're masturbating, you're <laughs> and, and take a video or a picture and tag us and we will repost it on our Instagram. Maybe not your dick pics. Lydia, you made our day. You did, Lydia. Thank you very much. And, and thank you to everyone who's written reviews in the past. It really helps us. And if you haven't written a review, it takes two minutes. Just go to the iTunes tab and write a little review for us. Yeah. Mom, I think we need to jump into this episode with Brian. All right. Are phenomenal. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the very unique technologies. Yes. <laughs> She did it. She I, did it. I was Miracle thinking, of miracles. I was thinking in advance, technologies end in an E. Wow. There was preparation. Probably. This is how you know it's going to be a really good episode. I hope you enjoy. Brian and Cole, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. So we are excited so to have excited you. excited to oh have you here. Oh, my gosh. 
Yes, you you are one of our favorite experts, especially when it comes to sex tech. And I wanted to see if you can explain to our listeners what sex tech is all about in a nutshell. Thank you. Yeah. So sex tech, I think the first thing that comes to mind when we think of sex tech, like robots or VR porn, but sex tech is actually much more than that. So the proper definition of sex tech is any technology designed to enhance sexuality. So when we think about that, sexuality is a lot more than just doing it. Um, sexuality is also sex education, sexual health, crime and violence reporting, human trafficking, medicine, um, and of course, pleasure, relationships, dating and intimacy. And then you cross that with technology. So apps for uh, reporting on-campus assault, as well as teledildonics for uh-huh. relationships. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this part interests me a lot what Which did you part? just say teledildonics Tel- Tel- you're going right into that yeah i was thinking just vibrator is that considered <laughs> well, that's that vibrator is a part of teledildonics I oh guess. okay so they are part well of- i heard dildo in in that teledildo yeah. so telephone dildo <laughs> yeah a telephone a communicating dildo, dildo. Ah. um so teledildonics are connected vibrators and cock sleeves or you know connected sex toys so they could be connected over wi-fi or bluetooth you could be in the other room your boyfriend could be in new york or dubai and he could control your vibrator with oh, yeah. his cock sleeve or through an app cool it, a it, cock sleeve and th- i think people are using this in uh chat room what was it called webcamming yes thank you yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. so i mean the thing about teledildonics a it sounds so sci-fi and cool mm-hmm. and the the marketing is all around it being in for couples in long distance relationships uh-huh. but when we look under the research the main majority use is in camming so yeah that's sort of where it, it gets really interesting because they build in these features like lights on the vibrators and things that so you can control from home if you're watching someone through a webcam that's got a teledildonic on and you can tip the guy or girl and it lights up and there's all sorts of ways you can control what she's doing, what he's doing. It's and, so bonkers. And, and guy, I, I, I'm just going to say uh, uh, girls or guys, but guys, I'm just saying guys. I just don't know many guys yeah. that webcam, but I'm sure they do. No, that's <laughs> what I'm, so, more for so, the gay market than for women. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, in a heterosexual guy, whatever. He's, yeah, he's on his couch and he gets off on... Um, you know, stimulating uh, the girls, knowing he had some like way to physically yeah, control. control her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Okay, so here's what is, I, is that a turn on for you? No, not really. You would not be interested in doing that. I I think webcamming to me would. I have never really tried it, but I saw someone webcamming right outside my uh, window. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> How do you know they were webcamming? I saw them. I what saw, do you mean you saw them? I saw them. You My s- boyfriend Deez and I were looking outside and we're like seeing these two girls like with the lights on them. How do you know this? And wasn't- they were naked and they kept like taking more of their clothes off oh. in front of a camera. What do you think's going on there? It could have been cyber sex. I don't know. How do you know that this is, these are people doing for money? I'm assuming. Yeah. All right. They had lights yes. set up. Yes, they did. Seems like a professional... It was a it, professional it did seem like a, yeah. yeah, not just Skyping their boyfriend. No, so, it did not look like that at all. Here's my question. Yes. It, because we're moving, like technology is advancing so much that you have all these different outlets to sure. get your rocks off. It, do, you, do you think that we're just going to lose the need for as human much human connection. connection? Oh, I think that's everyone's fear. Yeah. But like it's a very different human connection to, the, to getting off, right? To yes. sex. 
So for the longest time, we've coupled this all together, like intimacy, sex, relationships, this is all part of the same bucket. Right. But what you're seeing with technology is, yeah, you can get off in many different ways. You can have amazing orgasms. Women can use, um, you know, like air suction technology on their vibrators to have an orgasm in 30 seconds. They don't mm-hmm. need anyone else. I don't really like those, by the, the way. The womanizer or the satisfier? The air yeah, sex they might there. Be, they might be uh, sponsoring us very... Maybe no, on no, this, episode, this particular so. type of, of vibrator, I don't like the suction type the of suction. thing. It's a little too intense for me. I you think. can turn it down. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have all uh, different Yeah, you're going to have to try it. Stuff. I got to give that a second shot. You should. <laughs> oh, yeah. you like that there, Brian. Yeah, much more than anything else. I think because it's so customized and so targeted and it's made for women's bodies. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to find every, you know, every little, flavor in the store. Every little vagina has is like a little snowflake. They're all different. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, speak, we, I would like to go back and to get a little history lesson. Wait, 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 wait. What, wait. I what? still have more questions on this line of thought. Oh, okay. Okay. So if Can this is the case, coffee? yes, yes, yes. If, if this is the case, uh, you know, are we at risk of... Uh, like you were, I, I was listening to your podcast Sorry. too that was like yeah. they were called like in Japan they were called herbivores yes what can you describe this a little bit so herbivores are 13 18 to 35 year old men it's this class of men that they're now describing who aren't interested in dating anymore and are much more interested in just um yeah marrying gatebox you know the Alexa, yes, we've talked about Gatebox. Those are the people. That's my demographic on my YouTube channel. Yes, in Japan. Honestly. Oh my God, eighteen to thirty-five year old men. Not necessarily Japanese, though. But also, these are men who are are looking to you almost as like a you know they're dating you in a way by watching your channel as uh, opposed to yeah. interacting with someone they're actually connecting well, with I'm in not person. Like giving them any sexual. I know, like, but th- th- these are all gradations that we're we're moving towards. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of lonely people out there. There are. And if they could bottle up your essence and put it in a Alexa or a Google Play and just have you kind of like that movie Her. Her. Yes. Do you remember that yeah. movie Her? Oh, of course. It would just be your voice and they'd be talking yeah. to you and you, you would send them text messages. I mean, this sort of technology yeah. exists in Japan. We oh. don't actually have to be intimate with a human. You're almost intimate with technology yeah you these text so it's, messages it's actually it coming it's it's actually here it's here already yeah it's actually sold out are you concerned sold out <laughs> oh my god so you can't even get uh, a little alexa speaking yeah girlfriend Did, gatebox they're called gatebox would i get a lot of money on that I, we need to talk <laughs> after this podcast yeah, we're just i'm no wonder i'm on. so poor on and i have to go begging on on youtube for a dollar yeah so do you do you find this as a, are you concerned about this? Not really, because I think, um, first of all, that's great evolution. Those people that don't um, want to have sex with other people or reproduce, well, they'll eventually die out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the theory of relativity or whatever. Theory of evolution. And I think, you know, for the everyday person, like we still want to be touched. We still want to experience human connection. Of course, I want to experience all different r- ranges of pleasure. And with technology, there's the ability to even expand your fantasies, right? To create these virtual worlds where mm-hmm. you're having sex with the universe or whatever. You know, it's going to expand our consciousness and our mind. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still a human walking around in this shell and I want to be touched by another human. Mm-hmm. For, for me, I think... It, I'm sorry to cut you off. No. But, but I was thinking... Uh, 
like sex is so mental like mm. and i think the knowing that the other person desires you and vice versa is probably like 90 percent of sex in, with another person with another person yes and so that's like something you cannot create with Yes, you can. Technology. Just like in the movie Her. You have this. If, in no, fact, it's, it's not more. conscious. You have this this robot that looks like this gorgeous, lifelike woman who is saying, you're the hottest guy around. But this is, in, in be- the back of your mind, you're always like, this is not a conscious thing. This is a robot that it was now, programmed to do this. Maybe in your mind, but maybe in reality. No, maybe they all for know. the average guy, he's totally fine hearing how awesome he is from a robot. This is foolish. They can just <laughs> hire, They could, or they can like download you know, porn to their, their phone and start playing the audio and say, oh, I'm in the porn. That, that doesn't make, make any sense. Well, that's that's why virtual reality porn is so popular because suddenly you're in the scene. Right. And so you don't even have to use your imagination or close your eyes. You actually open your eyes. Right. Yeah, we and interviewed Ella Darling about that. Yeah. But the final Funny. frontier, I think, is to actually show the desire, like to know that the other person wants you. And I don't, how are they going to capture that? And I think that's the the special source of what makes humans so magical. That's, yeah. that's that's what separates us from the technology and why I'm not worried. Things like our imagination, our creativity, our sense of mystery, our intuition. How's technology going to replicate that? I don't mm-hmm. think it will. But yeah. to a point, right? To a point where it can remember your pizza order and it can send you a cute text message and it looks okay and like if you squint, it's kind of real. Yeah. But there is, I think. And, and it's only going to get realer. Yes. So, so those sex bots, for example, the sure. sex robots, uh, because I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. I mean, I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking about, you're I'm, doing on there, mom. I'm thinking, if like, would I be jealous if I found out like my boyfriend was having sex with a sex robot that looks very lifelike? Uh, is that considered cheating? So I think this is a conversation that everyone's going to have to navigate between relationships the same way we do in relationships with porn, right? Like yeah. Some people think watching porn's cheating. Yeah. Some people don't. I think it'll be the same thing. Is being do you? with a I don't. No. Do you? No. Do you? No. Especially if I'm watching porn with them. I don't yeah. think it's cheating. But there is a point where if the person is watching porn more than they're wanting to have sex with you, I think it could become problematic. Uh, but I don't Agreed. know if it's cheating per se. Agreed. This, this is my concern. I am a little concerned that people love the escape they're, they're, and they don't want to do the emotional work. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much emotional risk and physical risk associated with having sex and being intimate with someone that they're going to just be like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go with, to my teledildonic and call it a day. But maybe they're just doing that for the sex. So my right. current theory is... Um, they're doing that for the sex and maybe a bit of the intimacy or the connection that we're craving, but they'll never get the intimacy mm-hmm. that they crave mm-hmm. from technology. So if we understand that there are 500 different reasons that we have sex, it's not just for connection. Sometimes we have sex because we're bored or we're anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just want to get off. Or we just want to get off. Then I have no problem with my partner or me using teledildonics or mm-hmm. something or, else. Or a porn or, or, or a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Or a robot, maybe. Or a robot, maybe. Take, I her, don't know. take her out I'm of the wardrobe. I'm a little creeped out about the <laughs> robot thing. I don't know. Maybe I, have, I have a hard time with that. It's just like kind of weird, I think. What about if you had one? Because they're building Henry, which Henry. is Henry. the guy. Is Henry good looking? 
<laughs> conventionally, I feel like he's he's more Ken doll, but you can oh, customize him in all the he's right ways. He's got to have a little bit of like a little a little extra. Edge. Yeah, a little inch or something. He can't be perfect. An extra inch? Inch or oh, edge? Ow. Inch. I was thinking a little, uh, I wasn't even thinking sexual even. <laughs> Speaking of, does Henry have a big dick? Customizable. Customizable. And does it get, does it go flaccid or hard or just it remains hard? No, I think it goes, it goes to hard. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really investigated Henry too much. Henry. Yeah. There's but. so much going on. How did you get into this? You know what? Um, I would say that I stumbled into it, but part of, I stumbled into it because I was at Microsoft. So I was working in technology already and I was kind of a fish out of water there um, because I wasn't a technologist. I was much more of a storyteller communicator. And I came across these guys and they were building VR scent releases in their garage in LA of all places. Crazy as it seems. And so you would put on the VR headset and then this um, attachment, which would go across your nose and... It would release smells. And so I was like, this is amazing. What's the craziest thing you're working on? And they're like, oh, we're just going to build this thing with uh, two supermodels in a hot tub. And <laughs> I was like, what? Like, yeah, it's going to be sweet. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these are like some of the smartest guys on the planet working in VR. And you're just going to be sitting on your couch with a pack of Doritos and oh, it's like yes, smelling supermodels in a hot tub. <laughs> Fuck. So that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, we've got to do something about this. Um, and I was like, well, what's going to happen to dating and relationships in like five years' time when all your technology is everywhere? And they're like, I don't know. Oh, like, man. oh, man. So I started researching it and started, you know, Future of Sex podcast, just asking anyone that I thought had any insight into sex and technology in the future what's happening, what's going to happen. And so I'd ask therapists, I'd ask other technologists, entertainers, everyday people, and the podcast kicked off from there. But part of it, a lot of it, I think, for me was scary because it was suddenly I was coming out and talking about sex, which I'd never done before. How old were you at this point? Ah, 32. Oh like, I should have not been scared. You know, you think by that stage you have your voice. No, I just got my voice at 55. Well, I think this is the, <laughs> this is the thing. I'd spent... The last 16 years, not having a voice after being, you know, put down in the workplace or inappropriately touched or sexually harassed. And it made me quote quiet. Like most women, I think is the majority um, are unable to talk about sex or express their sexuality because of these things that start to happen at a very young age and then go right through to, you know, your work environment where for me people were introducing me as a Barbie doll or... Well, because you are beautiful. Knocking on the hotel door. You're not door like, a, and, uh, like a, a tech nerd look. Okay? You're, <laughs> you're like, tech. you are like more of a Barbie doll look. So. Right, right. But that, that's not okay to say that kind of thing. So I felt like I lost yeah. my voice. And then when I found, sort of discovered this and I thought, I'm going to start this podcast. And then I realized, oh, there's a bigger thing here about women being comfortable talking about sex. And So your podcast is called? Future of Sex. I love that. Yeah. And it's, and it's very bold of you to do that. Yeah. So that's, that's the story of how it started. And now I've discovered this whole group called Women of Sex Tech, which is when I started the podcast with 30 women, all building things in the sex tech industry so they could have been building vibrators um apps sexual health kegel operators um and now there's 250 women so the industry is growing and i think the the space for women is growing too which is incredible and also great catalyst is like things like the me too movement and things that have been but at the same time 
our society is getting more and more uptight about sex. Agreed. As this one As part is developing, the uh, the other is saying, don't even talk about it. Wait, what What makes you think we're getting more uptight? Are you kidding, Kim? We can't even put an ad on Facebook because yeah, it that, says sex talk with my mom. That, that would not have been we, okay 30 we can't, years ago either. I've been either. demonetized on YouTube, which I was able to get monetization before. If you even mention the word sex, they yeah. immediately say you're not good for all advertisers. It's obvious that we can't even talk about sex in 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 our. I don't want to get into politics or anything else like that, but it's it's getting more repressed. I don't know if it's getting more. I don't know if you've made. You haven't convinced me it's getting more repressed. It's getting. I more, think it's always been repressed. It's getting even further impre- really? repressed. Really, where where you you can't even talk about it without being, uh, you know, having your. I'm sure your head social media has shut you down. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard this so many times, and my channel was shut down. And uh, and my flagged as adult content mm-hmm. and things like that when it's really just talking about sex. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So you're saying since the since the dawn of Instagram or whatever, <laughs> since the dawn of Instagram, since the dawn yeah. of Facebook, it's or become a little more repre- They've become more stringent. For sure on YouTube, hundred yeah. percent. And and it, it, but it's good to know that these women are banding together, yeah. and talking about sex. Have to, have to, and I think. In another industry, those women would be competing with each other because a lot of them have similar products. But because we all face the same issues, banned on social media, impossible to open a bank account because you've got the word sex in it, um, really hard to find email providers, you have to come together and figure out solutions together. Otherwise, you, where are you going to go? Yeah. It's, I, it's great, though. I love this Women of Sex Tech community, by the way. Good. It's, a, it's introduced me to a lot. I wouldn't. I met you through that, actually. Yes. Do they yes. allow Cam in there because he's not a woman? I mean... I, I just started emailing them, and they seemed perceptive. So Yeah, you don't want to be exclusionary. You, you can definitely join us. I'm in. Yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I have had an idea about a product, which I don't even want to say on the podcast. Oh, my God. You know where I'm going with this, Cam. Yes, you have already said it on the All podcast. All right, so I'm going to say it again. And right. if, if I hear of anybody doing this, I'll know that they heard my podcast we, and they stole my intellectual property. I've already told you there's something out there like this. All right, I you thought can of share. it way Practice before your pitch. I have a lot of access to investors that are interested in sex okay, tech. Okay, so I'm always running, I, I, in the past, not so much these days, but my, my vibrators were always running out of batteries. The worst. The worst, right? When you're like, oh, I'm going to, and, and my friends are like, I'm taking the uh, batteries out of my remote controls and you know, trying to put them in the vibrators and then I'm done, eh, whatever. So... I also think it's always good to have an electric toothbrush on hand. So what I thought of... Hang on, why? Why? Because I, 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 I don't use a regular toothbrush. You oh, know, okay. I, I, Not I, for sex. No, but, oh. <laughs> but here's my thought process. As long as you need to have your electric toothbrush and you need to have a vibrator, why not combine the, the product to have one main stem... Because it's a, it's a, it's an oblong stem, and then different heads. One for that's so smart. Thank you. <laughs> one, so smart. one for you could have one for like your doing your face. You could do as that well. too. Three different heads. One could be for your your vagina. One could be for your face. And you one could for do your a teeth. razor. It'd be like the that cleaner. would be kind of scary if you're fucked up and you <laughs> you pull it out and you're like, whoops, wrong one. I've got the razor going and I wanted it to be you know the clit stimulator. Wow, but that's my idea. Genius. Thank I you. I haven't heard of this. Clean your teeth, clean your face, yeah. clean your puss. Yeah, away you go. <laughs> yeah, it's not even for cleaning. It's not just cleaning. For vibrating. Just. It, yeah, know, well, not cleaning, but like you want to keep it you clean, know. obviously, and it's yeah. perfect. It's you know you got it right there, and that's I, so smart. So how, how, how has this been done so, before? Yeah. Well, I, I saw 
this type of thing at like the AVN awards uh, at one point. Yeah. But the, you know what? The guy kind of pissed me off anyway. And the thing didn't look that uh, fun to use. So I'm, I'm Look, you're a woman designing it. Yeah. A guy designing it doesn't make sense. It didn't, if you're a woman it, designing it, makes total we may, sense. We need to talk. You're going to make it for your, your body. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Right. She's been trying to get my ex-girlfriend to design this for her yeah. for this years now. Yeah. Yeah. No time like the present. And I have thought so about this at least 20, 30 years ago when the, one of the first electric toothbrush came out. That's when I came up with this idea. Um I also is, had it, it goes the, along with our sex talk with my mom brand, by the way. It does. Yes. Brush your teeth. Your mom would say, "Brush your teeth and brush yeah. your voice." This is great. <laughs> this oh is my gosh! Are there any wall. investors listening? This is perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I think you need to go somewhere with this. All right. I, so, I didn't go somewhere with the glow in the glow in the dark pacifiers, and I wish I had. So I'm going. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, glad yeah. I'm going, going with the vibrator I'm going with the, the clean your puss. Uh, yeah. Clean your <laughs> clean your clit. Clean your puss vibrator. And mom, how are you going to clean your new innovation? Using hashtag Lube Life's foaming toy cleaner. Hashtag Lube Life not only makes the finest lubes out there, but they actually make an awesome foaming toy cleaner, which my mother stole from our studio. I did. And I'm going to tell you why. Every week we start losing these these lubes. <laughs> and I'm like, where the hell did these go? Where did the anal silicone based I lube go? I took that. Where did the mint chocolate chip flavored lube go? I took that. And now where's the foaming toy cleaner? I took that. It's, I'm left with nothing over here. Oh, please. I left you with the watermelon. Did you like the taste of that? I did try that. Felt like I was eating into a watermelon. I think I'm just going to start eating that for lunch. Oh, God. They're all made in a USDA certified organic facility, which is probably cleaner than most of the food that I'm eating. For me, for sure. There are some of the top ranked products on Amazon in the lubricant category. For a reason, they come at the best value. We couldn't recommend them enough. It's called hashtag lube life and right now you can get 20 percent off all of your orders at lubelife.com when you use our promo code 20 cool mom that's two zero cool mom use that code and you'll get 20 percent off if you lube it they will come oh hell yes <laughs> what are you most excited about in sex tech besides right my product that yes. we just came up with <laughs> Up until now, hard, you had a different answer. Hard to beat. Yeah. Now, <laughs> in all other talks, I'll be using the clean your puss uh, <laughs> trademark invention, patent 2020. Um, so I think the most exciting thing, the one that's going to have the biggest impact is the stuff for sex education. Because as we all know, sex education is just so broken it's in horrible. this country, yeah. in my country, in Australia, in all its global problem. So there's some interesting applications coming out that I think are teaching young kids and also let's face it adults that Mm -hmm. need to know about sex education just like your YouTube channel so there's a couple of interesting ones there's the VR aspect which I Mm. think is going to be great it's very early days but um, we've been using VR in classrooms for topics like science and history lessons and I think it would be great for sex ed lessons and there's one at the moment which is pretty clunky but there's one for adults called virtual sexology Hmm. which um, runs you through for men it runs you through a series of exercises in virtual reality um, to look at premature ejaculation or to like 
handle it. Oh, and for women, check this out. What a great idea. Yes. Another topic and we've covered on this podcast from time to time. There we go. So there's that. And the Women's Virtual Sexology Program was designed by a sex therapist called Dr. Holly Richmond, who's amazing. And that program runs you through a series of things of getting in touch with your body and you're using a vibrator. And But it's great because it's so immersive and yet it's so private. I, that's so wonderful. So many people have, I mean, it's the questions that we get on this and on my YouTube channel about simple things that mm. I, I, I would think it's common sense that pe- people just never got taught and they don't know right. and they learn from porn. Or, mm-hmm. And it's it's so wonderful that like the basics are, are covered there for men and women. Yeah, well, I think we're, gonna, we're going to see and that's sort of where I'd like to go too is like to start to do that at a young age, mm-hmm. especially for young girls, the stuff we didn't get taught. And now today... We have technology where, you know, everyone's sexting, everyone's sending nudes and um, there's, you know, elements like revenge porn. Mm-hmm. Young girls don't know what to do with that or how to no, protect and, themselves. And even, I think, was it your age or was it um, your brother's? That it was like in sixth or seventh grade, one of these girls was sending pictures of her vagina to the whole eighth grade class or whatever, and she got in big trouble. But it's right. just so sad that you know it was it could have been yeah. used as a like let's talk about this, yeah. and no one talked about it. She just got in huge trouble and probably got suspended or something. Hmm. And it's just a way that young girls are getting attention. Yeah. And they you know they don't have parents like you where they can talk to their moms yeah. or their dads. Yeah. So anyway. This is this is awesome. Yeah. Do you, are do you think there's anything in the future that we wouldn't see now, but is going to be just like standard practice? Mm, I mean, I think we're going to have. We probably see a little bit of this now, but entire relationships just conducted online. To your point about the fear of like we never have have to meet in person mm-hmm. or actually touch each other, we will see that where people will have entire intimate relationships um, through online so they'll they'll meet online they'll go on their first date and sit in a virtual movie theater together then they'll have their first kiss you can use the kissinger which is an app on your phone that has lips that you can kiss and the other person's kiss you can obviously fight have text wars or whatever um through that's the best part of any relationship and then you know virtually break up and so (laughs) there you go you could be with be it with sounds a partner. like my relationship in a five-minute nutshell. <laughs> no, this sounds horrible. I know. So this is this is probably your fear come to life, and I think <laughs> that will become a, a slightly standard practice adjacent to having relationships with people. Terrifying. I, I can't stand it. You know, it. and there's so many men out there, like this MGTOW, men going their own way. It's, it's a group of men on the internet that have been burned or, or have had some really nasty relationships with women and, and lost a lot of money through divorce and alimony payments and, and child support. And they just hate women. They want to be away from women, but they still want to probably be sexually connected. This is perfect for those men. Yep. And you know what? It's probably a man behind the posing as a woman. What? You, they're no, probably the thinking they're having an online relationship with another woman, but it actually right, right. it's someone posing. Mm. You know, that's a man. Anyway. I, I follow you. Yeah, you know what I I'm think saying? This is exactly what would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well they have those bots that on on apps that are just they're not even women, they're just bots. Yeah. But that men think that they're women. It's yeah. Not that hard. I there's something about there it's the unseen connection between mm. humans that cannot be replicated through technology. Like pheromones. You can't do that. Yes. Um, this, is, this is the tip of the iceberg. Oy. Eye contact. 
just all the mini facial movements that we do when we communicate, the way we, our body language works, those sort of things do get missed. And so that's why – so haptic technology is – if you would put on a suit that's fitted with sensors and it would mirror everything and create another version of you elsewhere, maybe oh in another goodness. room. It's and actually scary, kind of. Yeah. Mm. I feel like the, I'm like an old grandpa. You like, are. Hearing you are. about the young technology and it'd be like, <laughs> no, they can't do this. But is is there something that's lost in like by involving tech in such a natural process besides like... Do you, do you think this is the case? Uh, yeah, I think our ability to communicate is eroding because mm. we're no longer having to rely on that so much or rely on face-to-face communication. Yeah. And you certainly see that with young kids today, but also with adults. I mean, we're, we much prefer, don't call me, I'll text you yes. type thing. Yeah. And so I think this is sort of the, the first wave of how human behavior is changing is our ability to communicate and form relationships is is uh, pretty bad like yeah. is suffering a lot yeah this is like i read all these articles about how social media has prevented these kids from learning mm-hmm. how to interact with each other mm-hmm. this and i think this is just the extension of that mm-hmm. oh boy and then as far as like monogamy is concerned where do you think the future of monogamy is i think again it's kind of like the robots and cheating thing i think there's going to be constant negotiations between people because the lines have already sort of blurred in western world like us and australia and uk and stuff with monogamy but i think it's only you know it's only the beginning of that sort of stuff we're we're still figuring out ourselves what does monogamy mean i know i I saw one of your videos and i and i forgot who you were interviewing and you guys were talking about uh how it uh, but you know i go this goes back to uh chris christopher ryan oh yeah i got the name right uh, sex at dawn with yeah. the bonobos and and how um well do can you explain a little about the evolution of monogamy i'm trying to remember which uh, part of this well it's the, one, it, bono, the bonobos and chimps one of them was not monogamous that would be the bonobos yeah but i'm talking about like then when with the agricultural revolution uh, oh right right yeah it's just how how we started started becoming more monogamous we moved from being nomadic humans and <clears throat> into this agricultural revolution where while we divided up the land we also divided ourselves up into families so we would have one plot of land and your husband and wife there and in order to control and regulate the society we would put those two together and the idea of monogamy was born there and reinforced right. by ch- church and state so that we could continue to form societies and the land was not broken up because everyone was fucking everyone else. You're like, right. no, this is your plot and this is where your children will inherit the same land. And here, and hence all the divorce came after that. And yeah, <laughs> waves after that. So, wow, it's been a while since I talked about that, but the agricultural revolution and then there was the... Industrial revolution. Industrial revolution, that's right. And men went off to the factories and then they went off to war and women took their place and then... After the Industrial Revolution, there was this whole opening. The, the hippie revolution yeah. or whatever. We, I don't and know And that's where that. free love came in yeah. and then, yeah, 
divorces so, became much so, more common. So this tech revolution seems like it's it's part of this. It seems like it's a wave part of yeah. it. It's going to yeah. change monogamy for sure. Yeah, I think or so. Or what we think of as yeah. monogamous. Yeah, I think we're constantly changing that idea. On your show, you were talking about how there, we're in the fourth wave. Thank you for that, by the way. No, that's you, you've sparked some new ideas for me because I, ha- I haven't thought about that for a while and the connection back to the history. I've been so stuck in the future. Yeah. <laughs> The good. history of sex tech could be a great uh, yeah. Well, that's offshoot what, of that's your podcast. So just, just, yeah. we, we just went through that. <laughs> well, I'm saying another podcast for her yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. see, a refresher. We, gotta, we have so much to cover now that we oh just gosh. added more stuff yeah. on our plates. Jeez. Yeah. Do you think that... Is, I kept hearing the fourth. we're in the fourth wave of sex tech. Yeah, or well, fourth we, wave of innovation. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just heard fourth wave and I was like, <laughs> is this what you're referring to in that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So would, was agriculture like first? Agricultural, industrial, and then I want to say it's like the computer age. Oh, and okay. now we're in this fourth wave, which is the everything's, virtual, yeah. yeah, everything's emergent, everything's opening up. And oh, whether wow. that's borders, ideas about relationships, oh. where we are on the planet, this is the fourth wave of innovation and it's going to take a while for humans to catch up. There's always that cultural lag, right? Oh, wow. Where technology is advancing so fast, we can move money now through Bitcoin, we can do all these different things, but culturally our behaviors are still like, what? We're not used to this. That's the thing is there's so many people that are still very conservative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me... Which is comfort too. Yeah. It's safety it's to safety have that and it's, it's box tradition. Yeah. This uh, you reminded me of I I for, I think it was like a Malcolm Gladwell book or something that I read that talked about how this th- there's this tech lag time of where mm-hmm. consciousness mm-hmm. takes it takes like a while for norms to catch up and he talked about how like when the TV was first when, when people first started getting TVs they bring it right up to their kitchen table and eat while watching that's, that's how my grandfather used to do it this is nuts eat while watching TV with the whole family like the yeah. table the TV as like another member of the family yeah. amazing and, and then now it's it's people don't have TV on while eating most times you know it's definitely you know not a, f- a fifth or well, sixth member of the it family. It wouldn't fly in our household. I did not want a TV watching while we were eating. I don't even want it in my fucking living room. He doesn't even have a TV. I don't. Do you have I a don't TV? have a TV. I, I have you a TV. Would... It's in my garage. <laughs> it's not. It's yeah. not operating. Yeah. I, I like TV. I'm, I'm a big TV person, but you don't have a TV either. I don't have a TV. But the, what I was <laughs> thinking about while you were describing that scenario of the dinner table and bring the the tv up is think about how we now are with our iphones you know we all when they first came out everyone would have an iphone at the dinner mm-hmm. table and now there's this culture of like that is not okay no. yeah like this is not how we use totally the but you have phone. to really be present and focused on that if i go out to dinner with my boyfriend both of us immediately sit down next you know i look at him and he's looking at me and we're both on our phones and what are we doing put mm. these phones away it's just automatic because you yeah. Yeah. you sit down and you're like ah oh, Put the phone out. Why? Yeah. You know, I'm reading this great book by Sherry Turkle called The Art of Conversation. And she talks about the iPhones and going out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And if you are going out in any social situation, if you can see a phone, it doesn't matter if the screen's up or down. So it used to be like, oh, the screen's up. Let's put the screen, like face your phone down. If you can see a phone on the table the depth of your conversation automatically reduces by some crazy percentage. It's like That makes sense because 40%. it's like a third person at your third table. Person. And yeah. even if it's like down or yeah, not, minus the, the right awareness there. that there's a phone is 
And I was like, wow, damn, I got I to I gotta hide the phone. Yeah. Hide the phones. Wait, why are you laughing? Because I, I, I used to be in therapy for several years. And I would, every, it was a tradition. I would come into the therapist's office. I would sit on the couch and I would take out all of my keys, my wallet, my phone. <laughs> and I'd like hide it in the couch <laughs> under the pillows. And he'd be like, what is going on here? And I'm like, I just can't have any connection right. to the outside world. Even I, your, I, your car keys? I don't even want to remember that I have the ability to drive oh and need to go God. somewhere else after this. Yeah. I need to remain so present here. <laughs> and this is before or after minutes. you told your therapist that he's not allowed to go to the bathroom. This was a bad, yeah, this was <laughs> probably around the same time. You're like, you're on my clock now. I was like, dude, we got 45 minutes together. We got a lot of shit to cover. I got no keys, no phone, and you're not peeing for these 45 minutes. <laughs> Let alone taking a shit. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's great. Well, maybe the future is, maybe there is two <laughs> camps. I'm like so inspired talking to you guys Thank about you. this because I'm thinking maybe the future is that there is like one room in the house that's zero technology and the other room's got all the technology or, or maybe there's two movements where, you know, we're already seeing this anti-tech movement where people are no longer buying iPhones, they're buying those um, what are those old like burner flip, phones, flip the flip phones, phones yeah. and using them Monday to Friday and then changing their iPhone on the weekend when they can be social or using the Monday to Friday nine to five so Crazy. that they're not distracted. So it's just fascinating the way we're adjusting to technology and this cultural lag. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love that because I have a joke of my stand-up that's like, if I were to go to my physical mailbox as much as I go to my email box, it, I would oh, look yeah. like such a fucking psycho. You just constantly run, running checking back and, forth. back and forth. It's nuts. <laughs> it's I, so I need to get rid of this thing. I check it so much. There's no mail oh, coming yeah. in. I know. And it's I'm so disappointed mail. too. I'm always checking. The first thing mm. in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, there is not one thing here that I even give a fuck about. Yeah. And, it, so and it's the first thing you do when you... And so I'm thinking to myself, if I'm doing that, most people are doing that, why aren't I sending out emails every morning? <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's when you get people's attention. Right? Yeah. And some people say you're not even supposed to have your phone or your iPad or anything even in the room when you're sleeping because the waves interrupt your sleep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Me, I got my iPad, <laughs> I got my computer, I got my phone. It's all sitting on my nightstand. It's the last thing before I go to bed. I look at it. I'm reading my book on my Kindle. It's like, uh, it's crazy. I'm at, no wonder I can't sleep. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for you. Have you ever checked your phone during sex? No, I have never done that. I'm okay. very present during sex. Okay. Have you? Oh, yeah. I don't think I could, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I think a lot of people do. They do. Oh, yeah. It's always in the movies. Like as soon as they're done, up, oh, both of them pick up the I phone. Like no, that, that I might have done though. Right. As soon as I'm done with sex, pick the phone up immediately. That yeah. I could see myself doing. At the very least, I know that if a message comes through, I become aware of that mm, message. It takes you out. Yes. Totally yeah. takes me out. Yeah. During sex? Yeah. Why is your phone near you to hear a message? It's, maybe it's in my pants that you are on the floor. You hear something vibrating? And you, yeah. And it's usually a vibrator. <laughs> in my case. <laughs> God. Oh boy! This is a good question. I bet it. I yeah. bet that affects our sex lives. I used to have a rule when I was with my ex: no phones in the bedroom. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, you have to oh, set boundaries, yeah. especially when you're with some a partner that's uh, not as focused. Yeah, yeah. Do you let Gus in the bedroom? Gus sleeps in the bed with us he, during sex. During sex, he hates when we have sex. He just Aww. jumps off the bed. It's like he knows. <laughs> I don't know how he's got like psychic. He's an ability. animal. Yeah, he He's senses like something's going on. I don't like this. I'm out of here. I'm in danger. Yeah, this is going to be frightening. 
I wonder if I'm going off the rails here, but I do wonder if technology will start creating like Tamagotchi type pets yeah. for us to. Yeah. Oh, it's got to. Yeah. It's so well, much there's... easier. You don't, to, you don't have to feed them. You don't have to take them to the vet. You don't have to take them on walks. You don't yeah. have to take, clean up their shit. They're not going to die necessarily. They it... don't die. That that I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In Japan, they do. Of course, it's Japan. They have robotic... Paro, the furry seal. So, it's a a cute, cute looking seal doll thing. So, it doesn't look like a real animal. But kind of does. Like, the facial expressions are so cute. You have to look after it. And they use it in nursing homes for patients with Alzheimer's. Oh, my God. And they report that the patients feel... Yeah, it's a seal. A furry seal. Why wouldn't they have, have to, like, a normal dog? Why are they I putting a seal? I don't know. That would freak know. any old person out. They, they, not only do they have Alzheimer's, they're going to start, am I hallucinating? I'm now petting a seal. <laughs> what is that? Can you imagine? Like, my father would be like, I'm petting the, oh, this is a nice little cat. No, it's not. It's a seal. I really lost it now. I'm really going to call the doctor because these drugs are not working. Yeah. Or maybe they are working. Or maybe they're <laughs> working too well. But you were saying they've reported positive outcomes. Yeah, yeah. Like increased feelings of contentment, um, you know, oh, less wow. confusion. Petting a Looking seal. after something. Maybe a we all seal? just need to get seals. Or a sea a lion. Fairy seal. There's a difference between a <laughs> Damn, seal. Damn, now I need to. Is it a seal I'm not going to Google it, but I feel like I need to, to confirm it's a seal. I've been talking about it like it's a seal for the last it three years. Sea, <laughs> it could have been a sea lion. They're always confusing those two animals because you would think the seal would be... The, the bigger one and the sea lion will be the smaller one but i think it's the opposite yeah yeah well anyways. either way having one of those in a nursing home is still confusing <laughs> it's so confusing like where am i am i on like uh, you know the galapagos islands what is going mm, on here yeah. it could really mess with someone's imagination totally so and, i want to know how mm. do you think sex sex tech has affected your sex life mm. i think i've just discovered my body a lot more i mean i've had to try certain things and also be a lot yeah. more had to force your hand on that me. one um and also just i mean become a lot less judgmental you know i i did sex therapy training without being a sex therapist but went to their training for four days and part of that was sexual attitude readjustment day i don't know if you've ever talked about this on the show no so what it's a it? full day most sex therapists have to do it before they're qualified and it takes you through every dysfunction in the book you're watching videos of people that have fallen in love with balloons people that are passionate about wearing nappies and every other thing you can think of and the darkest corners of your mind oh we've and thought of it we, we've, you've probably we've been, we've encountered it and that for me was probably the most full-on thing where I was like, well, seen it all now, so <laughs> now, yeah, and just realized, well, everyone's human, yeah. you know, and and become a lot less judgmental around that. And then, of course, the technology has been amazing to just talk to people and get in touch with my own body and figure out, well, why the hell did they make that? Like, what's that for? What does that mean? Well, people mm-hmm. are going to be asking a lot about why my electric toothbrush also has a, Genius. a, a, a vibrating head on Genius. it. <laughs> I'll be a, a little rabbit on the top. Yeah. Um, that is... Is interesting. So maybe you should go to one, do a podcast from there. Oh, we should totally do that. Mm. This sounds very fun. Mm. And I can bring up a few examples of things they haven't heard of. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, just prepare yourself. So, any guy that dates you has to be okay with trying adventure yeah. some new technology. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one impact I think that it's had is that people think automatically they're either like, oh my god, no, I'm so you know intimidated, or they're like, well, now we're going to be swinging off the chandeliers <laughs> and some robots are going to come. <laughs> come out like the side of a of the wardrobe or so you know so there's these expectations of me so it's interesting but I think the majority of men that I now date are, are pretty open but also I get a lot of messages from people who just want to tell me their problems as I'm oh, sure yeah. you do oh we right we definitely do because there's no one else to go to people don't talk about sex with anyone and they say they're embarrassed and that's why we do our podcast, actually, just we want to break down that uh, those walls because people should not be embarrassed. I know. This is the talk thing. Talk about it. Yeah. It's crazy the, the level of messages from 16-year-olds mm-hmm. to people in their 60s and you get them on LinkedIn. I was like, LinkedIn? <laughs> You're sending me messages on LinkedIn? This is a business website? Yeah. yeah. How has, so for me, being like having to have weekly sex discussions is like, it's on the tip of my mind at all times now because despite very rarely having it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this weird catch 22. I'm, I'm very enmeshed in this world. And yet I, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm having it all the time. Mm. Have you felt this juxtaposition? Like, has it made you more of a sexual person or like, yes, for sure. It's made me more comfortable with my sexuality, mm-hmm. which has mean that I've felt more permission to be sexual mm-hmm. and less sh- like the shame thing. I think I was carrying that around for 16 years. And then I was like, why? Yeah. Look at all these incredible women. And I think the women was a big thing for me in sex tech that are owning their sexuality, that are proud and that don't give a fuck. And I was like, yeah, I want to be like that. I bet a lot of our listeners would identify with what you're saying right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, techniques or things that you have done to shed that shame? Or have you talked to your parents and changed their philosophies? <sighs> well, the parents, that was a big one. They, I mean, they're the one. That's where I learned these ideas about, I guess, shame or like no sex till you're married. Was so, it like a religious thing or is it more No, cultural? it's just a, I think it's a cultural thing in Australia. It's a bit mm. conservative, as similar to here maybe. Um, so they were quite shocked when suddenly I was talking about it and then suddenly I was, you know, at festivals talking about it and keynoting. They're like, what happened to Microsoft? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we can relate to those kind of talks. <laughs> yeah. But um, what was your question? Oh, like any tools or techniques? I think I just, <clears throat> I think I just decided to drop it all. You know, I had this really good chat with one of my close friends who runs the Center for Erotic Intelligence She's great. You should have her on the show. What's her name? Mal Harrison. And she talked to me about the power of the pussy. And she just sat me down one day and she's just like, listen, Bridie, <laughs> you need to realize the power of the pussy. You walk into the room, you've got the power. Stop trying to drop it or people please or have, you know, or be that person for a man. It's like, you have to realize the power that you have in your pussy. She's like, I wish I knew this at 21, at 16, but you have all the power. And in I love and, this. Mel Harrison. Mel Harrison. on our show. She, she's got it, babe. So she, the, that just really landed for me. And then being surrounded by women that were comfortable to talk about this stuff and now very much men as well. 
I was just like, what the hell? Like it just it just really helped those conversations more than any technology. Mm-hmm. It was just having those sort of conversations and being surrounded by people that have that attitude that helped me go, oh, this is fine. Yeah. So is, is it more than just sex? Is it is it in terms of do you give little fucks about anything as long as you feel like it's you, it's coming from authentic Yeah, part I of think you? the sex is the, the core part, right? Mm-hmm. The sex was like the core part of how we go out in the world, our sexuality, our identity, how... But that is the ripple effect across now. Not entirely. I'm still working on it. Yeah. I'd still like I to give less fucks. It. Yeah, you know? yeah we, are. <laughs> we, we do give a little too many fucks even though that's in our manifesto. Give no fucks. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we have to wrap things up right okay. now. Uh, but we'll stay on for a little extra to do a little Patreon bonus episode for anyone who's interested in hearing more from Brianne. And what, how could they find you if they lo- they want to see your if work? If you look up Future of Sex Anywhere, you're gonna it's going to end in me. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But futureofsex.org is the website and then Future of Sex on all social stuff. Awesome. And you your podcast is amazing. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very Thanks much for, for coming on. Me. Yeah. Great. You've terrified me, but it, it'll be good. It'll be fine. You've inspired me. <laughs> You've inspired me. Now I'm now I need to do the history episode. Hell yes. Mm. One more thing. I know it's really hard to find sex positive podcasts. And so I wanted to introduce you to one of my favorite ones. It's called Shameless Sex. It's hosted by Amy and April. April's a motivational speaker, a sex toy mogul, and one of the leading women in the sex toy industry. And Amy is a certified somatic sex and relationship coach, as well as a trained sex educator. And the two of them talk about their own sex lives. They give the phenomenal advice and stories. Cannot recommend them enough. Here is their trailer of Shameless Sex. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator and sex and relationship coach. I'm April, VP of a high-end international sex toy company. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. Each week, we bring you world-renowned experts to help you have the sex life you've always wanted. And guess what? We're still learning too. That means you also get a sneak peek into our own sexcapades. Like that one time when April shares her story about losing her anal virginity. Ooh, or that one time when Amy shares all about her daddy issues and how she likes to be dominated in the bedroom. Um, you mean every time? Oh, how about that one time when April was on a mission to learn how to squirt? Hey, thank you, Kegels. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and join us every Tuesday for unabashed real talk that will teach you some things that will blow your mind, have you crying with laughter, and And probably probably get you a little turned on. on.